Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Good afternoon, everyone. Today is January 25th, 2018. And if you listen to the replay, I am Technicia, the host of the Bright Side with, with Technicia, where we speak to all wonders of the world, holistic healers, authors, artists, movie directors, actors, everyone you can imagine is on this show. We leave no one out. Tuesday was an awesome show. I don't even think I even got a chance to even do a good, great introduction because we had so many callers on, and I really do appreciate you guys just for doing that, for being on, calling. I didn't even get a chance to ask her any questions because we had 11 callers on the line Tuesday, so that was just so many wonders for me. I really do love you guys because without you, this could not be possible because you got to have listeners to have a show, right? Got to have listeners. Probably not, but in my world, I believe so. But anyhow, this is going to be a great another show because I think this is the perfect time for all you ones out there who are working out, such as myself. I love fitness, but sometimes we go in the wrong direction. We listen to everything and whoever we need to listen to or who we think is right. We don't know the right answers to everything now, do we? It's so much misinformation out here online on the media, so we get kind of confused when it comes to actually doing what we have to actually do. But here with me is a speaker, author, and world traveler, a venture connoisseur, and creator of the Norma Edis Club and founder of her own website, which we will give out, and the go-to resource center for women looking to transform their relationship to food. Guys, this could be informative for you, too. She teaches women how to let go of dieting and evening weekend binges, fall in love with their bodies, and live life without obsession over food 24-7. Here with me is Jen Han, food coach and body image expert. Jen, thank you for being here today with us. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Me too. This is a perfect time. we got a new year going here, 2018, and we have a lot of people out there who love dieting, which I don't normally believe in dieting because I always feel like it's an excuse to me, but I'm <laughs> glad you're here. To it is. It's like a big old excuse. I hear people say, oh, I'm dieting. I'm like, hmm, it's kind of like a workout program. You know, you, you go to do the workout program, then you switch over like P90X, and then you go to hip-hop app. So I don't like dieting. I like, to, you know, I like to do portion controls. That's what I call it, portion controls. But you're here to sum all that up for us, Jen. Um, Jen, first and foremost, I'd like to just ask, how did you even get started into maybe want to focus on this, um, becoming an expert in this industry? Yeah, so it actually started with my own journey and my own struggles. I struggled for many, many years with trying every diet, really battling my weight and restricting and then binging. And I felt like food was so simple, like it's just food, you know, how come I can't get a handle on this? And uh, just through my own journey, my own healing, and I ended up getting my master's in holistic nutrition, which sort of sparked that 
that passion really for helping other people to learn what works for them and learn how to eat and learn to let go of all the rules and the shoulds and the here's what I'm supposed to do and find out what works for them. So it was really through my own journey that I felt like there must be other people struggling with this too. And as you know, there are so many people that really wrestle with their weight and food and not being able to get a handle on it. Okay. Now, Jen, what's your thoughts? Because I know I just spoke on dieting, but what are your thoughts on dieting alone? Is Are they good for you or are they just another excuse? <laughs> so I don't believe in diets either, and I really think that dieting is looking at only a very small piece of the puzzle. And when we, the problem with dieting is that we go on something. So whatever that is, paleo, whole 30, weight watchers, and then at some point we go off, you know, it has to end because we can't stay on it forever. And so we get to the end and we're like, well, now what? I gained the weight back. I'm the failure. I can't stick with this. I need more willpower. So it's sort of the, the whole cycle of dieting and going on and off is, it's built for failure, which is why the diet and weight loss industry is like, you know, a $20 billion industry. I mean, no one typically has that long-term success with a diet. Yeah, they might lose weight in eight weeks, in six weeks, but let's ask them in the, in the next year, you know, well, how are you a year later? Have you kept it off? And, you know, 99% of the people gain it back plus some. So, yeah, I definitely don't think diets are the way to go for long-term sustainable health and weight loss. Now, for most, this is a good question because I was I'm in a body challenge and I was um, reading comments on people saying they're not losing weight. Um, they keep working out, they're doing the right things, but so why is it so hard to lose weight and actually keep it off? So there's there's two big things I think. The first is that a lot of times we eat for other than physical hunger reasons. We eat because we're bored or we're overwhelmed or we're stressed or we're rewarding ourselves for a long day. And so the role of food typically is much deeper than just saying, right, I'm going to have a salad. It's like we have all this emotional stuff, all this mental stuff, all of these habits that we bring to the dinner table. So I think that, you know, it seems very simple, right, just stick to this plan when in reality that's only a very, very small piece of it because food goes much deeper so to look at that specifically and to say, hey, I'm following this plan, I'm not losing weight, the second piece is that there's so many things that factor into weight loss, hormones, stress levels, metabolism, times of year, your, the way your body's structured. I mean, some people aren't meant to be very, very thin. We have bigger bone structures. So it's looking at, okay, we're doing this to solve our weight problem, and the reality is that weight has so many other factors than just food and exercise. And a lot of times we make it sound really simple. Just eat this, you know, more calories expended than you take in, boom, you lost weight. And I think more and more people are realizing that there's got to be something else going on than just this simple formula I'm told is supposed to work. Okay. Right. And like you said, everyone's body is different, structured differently. You might eat one thing from the other person can't eat the same thing. And it was funny because my coworker wanted a burrito. And, and like I said, we're in this chat. So she was like, uh, one guy called her. He said, well, I ate a burrito. She was like, wait a minute, how you eat a burrito? But I was told I couldn't eat a burrito. And all the ingredients are there. But I was told, so the coach told her, you just so disrespectful. <laughs> and, 
And the guy said the same thing that you're just saying. Like, everybody, body type is different. I might need to be, and I tell people a lot of times, I said, well, I'm on a protein regimen. So, me being on protein regimen, you might don't need to be on one because I'm building muscle. You're trying to lose weight. We're doing two different things. So, people have to actually see that that everyone is different and they don't. We and and. And when we look at media, it doesn't, you know, we be looking at them sometimes and we think, oh, my body needs to look just like theirs. No, it doesn't. They might be doing a whole different routine from you. I don't, I don't need to look like them. By the end of the day, it's all about you and what works best for your body type. But what are some of the best ways? Because, see, that's why I said this is a great show because I, I listen to everyone when they're talking about carbs, um, when it comes to eliminating sugar or don't eat bread. Eat wheat bread. Don't eat white rice, you know. So what is the best way to cut out some of these, cutting out the carbs, eliminating sugar? So I like to view it from a different perspective and say, let's not look at something we're cutting out, but let's reframe it to say, what can I have? So if you're looking to maybe limit more of carbohydrates because you're not feeling that great when you're eating them. So it's like, okay, well, what carbohydrates can I have? So maybe I'll have brown rice with dinner, or maybe I'll have a piece of sprouted grain bread with my breakfast. So because a lot of times what happens, as soon as we tell ourselves, I'm cutting out sugar, you know, a day later, all we think about is sugar. You know, you tell yourself, I can't have bread. It's like, all we think about is wanting bread. So it's reframing it in a way that, that sort of tricks our brains into saying, right, it's not that I'm cutting out X, Y, and Z food, it's looking at how it impacts my body and saying, okay, what can I have? So are there certain types of sugar that feel better in my body? Honey, agave, that kind of stuff. You know, maybe that feels better to your body. And so you, you eat more foods that are filled with that if you're trying to get something sweet. So for me, it helps to sort of switch it because as soon as I say, don't you eat that bread? I mean, it's like rebellion. It's like you're a little kid. You're like, oh, I'm going to eat that bread. You know, it's like you want to rebel. So it's kind of switching the way you talk to yourself and mm-hmm. looking at how it impacts you and also reframing it to say, okay, what's, what's the positive spin? What can I have? Yes, and I say that to my coworkers all the time. Quit saying, oh, I can't have this. My mind frame is I don't want it. If you offer me a pizza yeah. or fried chicken, I can either say I don't want it. It's all about, it's a mentality, and I, and I preach that a lot. It's just a mentality thing. It's not hard to do. It's just the way our minds have been trained to think, oh, you need that sugar. Of course, I grew up on Kool-Aid. I grew up with collard greens. My mom would put sugar in it. My mom put sugar in oatmeal, sugar in candy yams. <laughs> <laughs> now, she does, now she doesn't even eat those items. So it's, it's just a mind thing. If you really want to get away from it, you can. The only thing I don't do, Jen, when it comes to certain foods like um, – um, what's that? Um, I can't. It starts with a P. It starts with a P. Everybody's doing the vegan. Um, oh, the, paleo. The paleo. Everybody does the paleo diet. So I I stay away from those things. I don't get trapped into those. And especially with the new documentary out there, everybody's raving with the health. I don't. I commend everyone who wants to do that, but I don't jump on the bandwagon. Oh, okay. Everybody's doing vegan. Okay. Vegan is a strong mentality to me because you're talking about not eating eggs. And I, and I commend people who want to go that way. But for me, I don't choose to do that. I figure I could get my protein from eggs, even though, you know, maybe my mind has been trained to 
think that. And, of course, you don't always get all your protein from just eggs, but that's me on the other end. That's why I tell a lot of my friends, well, you know, you know, that's not the way you're supposed to eat. Okay, I understand. I'm not disagreeing with you, but that's not the way I choose to eat, you know. So when people say get on this bandwagon, no, I'm not going to just jump on your bandwagon because you say vegan is the right thing to do. Vegan is not for everybody. Yeah, and I love that you brought that up because it's so true that it, it, everyone is different. And I think right. some people find something that works for them, and then they want to have everyone else no, do it too because it's worked for them. But the reality is you might need more protein. Someone else might need more carbs. Someone else might need not no animal protein. So it's looking at it as what works for each person and exactly. finding that and not just exactly jumping on the bandwagon. Now, Jen, since we're speaking of eating, what does eating normally actually look like? So I love thinking about normal eating as having breakfast, going about your day, and not thinking, you know, from 9 o'clock to noon, thinking, okay, I'm going to eat that. What can I have? You know, like obsessing over what you're going to eat because a lot of times when we're restricting or when we're dieting, it's like we're thinking about food all the time. So sort of having food – be a role in your life, but it's not the biggest thing that you're thinking about all the time, taking pleasure from food, honoring your body. If Again, if vegan works for you, that's great. If vegan doesn't work for you, that's great too. So honoring where you are and trusting that. And of course, hunger and fullness ties into that. Like, you know, are we hungry? Are we, when are we full? So it's not just eating according to the clock. It's not just eating because it's breakfast. It's really getting in touch with, right, am I hungry? What does my body need? What will give me energy right now? What will sustain me towards lunch? So it's sort of letting go of the expectations, the shoulds, everything that everyone else is saying and turning it back to ourselves and say, hey, what works for me and what is my normal? Because your normal might look very different from my own normal. I think a theme there is though really honoring the hunger and fullness and not just, you know, having just continuously eating all day or um, mm-hmm. really kind of getting in tune with letting your body guide you. Right. And that's, and, and I live off that same regimen too. So I don't really call it breakfast. I just like to break my eyes down into meals. Cause I eat like five meals, but I eat every two to three hours. Um, like say, so, um, I'll probably be eating in another hour, but I also like when I when I do it because I heard most people say they can't do breakfast or they can't do that first meal in the morning. They have to wait. Um, and I always I like to tell people your body is like a log. You have to keep it burning ever so yeah. often. You can't just fuel up. One of my coworkers just got recently. She was getting sick, and I said, "Wait a minute, have you had anything to eat?" She was like, oh, you know what? And this was late at night. She was like, I didn't eat nothing all day. I'm like, wow. Kind of like a light bulb goes off. That's why your head's hurting. Yeah. You haven't fueled your body. You can't go around like that. No one really actually can. I don't think so. But <laughs> No. <laughs> um, but then your, your research has led you into holistic healing, and which is a good thing. I have a lot of holistic healers on my show, and I – you know, we talk about Western medicine. I think Western medicine, it treats symptoms, but to me, like Ayurveda and other holistic therapies, they treat the root cause of disease. And I, and I think we have become to believe that every symptom is simply anomaly in an otherwise healthy body as we've been led to believe that through all these traditional medicines that we continue to seek simple answers to complex problems even when we seek those answers from holistic modalities. We think that medicine is the answer, but back then our ancestors, they didn't use medicine. 
Everything was normal. Like, my mom would not take me to the doctor all the time. Yeah, and I, I, I love that you're bringing this up because I am such a big advocate of, of Eastern medicine and holistic healing. And Western medicine mm. absolutely has a place in our society. But you're right. It's like when something comes up in our bodies, we want to take a pill and make it go away. We want that instant gratification. And we're not even looking at, hey, why might this be happening? What else is going on for me that this is coming up? And l- looking deeper into an imbalance or something that's off in your body and healing it as opposed to, to just saying, hey, give me a pill. I want it gone. Well, exactly. And I think that's what we're doing. We're getting away from that old pill for every ill mentality because it's insufficient. And, and that's because of the way that holistic therapies um, provide that treatment now. Yeah, and I will say that, so I'm, I'm actually doing holistic healing with my skin. I've been having some acne and some just really bad skin problems. And I originally went to Western medicine and, and went to the dermatologist and got a pill, and it, it cleared up, quote, unquote, in a month. And then when I stopped taking the pill, it got even worse. And so now I'm doing a holistic healing, and it's taking so much longer. And so I think a lot of people, it's like the dieting. And the dieting is sort of that Western medicine pill, like just do this. For a month, mm-hmm. you'll lose those 10, 15 pounds, and you'll feel better. But the reality is it doesn't really give you that long-term healing that we really want. So it's it's so similar to me because dieting right. is like that pill, like that quick fix right. of, right, just do this, and we won't, we won't look at anything else, all the other stuff that's going on, and we'll just fixate on this. It's exactly. And then after you're done with that diet, then what's next? Because most of the time – we know why most people work out during winter. They want to get the summer body, but then after that summer, what's next? It's a continuation on you just doing it because of you want the summer body, <clears throat> which is a waste of time. Because then you're going to go yeah. right back to the same bad habits that you're used to. You're going to go right back to eating that fried chicken. I see it a lot of times on social media. Oh, I'm working out. I want the summer body. I want the bikini body. Okay, and then after that, you're going to go right back to that fried chicken, the ice cream, all that stuff. So what was the point? I, I don't I don't get it because I feel like health and fitness should be a a lifestyle, but each to their own. Um, but in in your opinion, Jen, what does it actually mean to be a holistic health coach? Do holistic health coaches actually do? So for me, it means in what I do, it's looking at health as a four pronged approach. So not just physical, like we look at diets and food plans, but looking at the whole person, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And I think that really plays into our food journey and our weight battle and body image because we are more than just, like, we're not machines. You know, we're not just calories in, calories out. We're so much more complex. And just like you were mentioning Ayurveda and some of the more traditional ways of looking at our bodies, it's seeing ourselves as more than just the physical what we see in the mirror it's like we're so much more rich and complex and we have to take into account that part of us that sometimes you know good old mom's mac and cheese on a friday night with a glass of wine is a balanced (laughs) meal because that is what's comforting you know maybe not every single night but it's like that's part of health and that's so it's, it's having that balanced approach to say hey for today what feels balanced to me, what feels nourishing, what feels like I'm looking at the whole part of myself and not just fixating on, I have to get my kale smoothie. I have to get my salad in because it's, it's cutting ourselves off, cutting ourselves off on all three other corners, the mental, emotional, and spiritual. So just looking at ourselves from that whole more 
even bigger perspective because the physical, I think we fixate on like, how's my body looking in the mirror instead of wait, well, how do I feel about myself and looking at ourselves from that bigger perspective? And as I said, Jen helps women let go of those evening and weekend binges and, and just to find the freedom around their weight bodies. Cause I know a lot of us, we obsess over that body image. So, how do you help them in this area of letting go of those weekend binges, Jan? So typically what happens is when we're binging, we use food for a reason. So, you know, we're not just sitting on the couch eating ice cream after a bowl of ice cream because we love ice cream. It's usually because we're really stressed out. We're deeply unhappy in a job. We're overwhelmed. We don't have any time to ourselves. There's usually a reason mm-hmm. why we're doing it. So really looking at that reason and seeing how we can get that need met in another way. So sort of finding a substitute for what food is doing for us. So I love looking at it like that because then we sort of cut ourselves some slack because it's like, right, food serves a purpose. What is that purpose? And let's find another way to address that instead of hating ourselves for binging or overeating. It's seeing how it's almost a body's coping mechanism to something in our lives. So really digging deeper into that and then exploring, hey, how can you get those needs met? How can you find ways to reward yourself? Or how can you start to not feel as overwhelmed, cope with stress, that kind of stuff? Right. Now, you hear a lot of people, they mention clean eating. And I think I do clean eating, but can it actually be harmful? And if so, is there anything else that you could do instead? Yeah, I I love this question because I feel like clean eating is such a hot topic these days. And um, clean eating to me can become a form of restriction. So it it can become its own diet in a sense of like, nope, I'm cutting out everything processed, everything that has sugar, anything that has refined flour. So it's almost taking a diet to the extreme and I think there's some healthy motivation behind it. So I think that, like switching the motivation from I have to eat clean into how can I take great care of my body? How can I find foods that give me energy, foods that make me feel good? Because taking mm-hmm. it from like that, again, that restrictive that I'm cutting things out into more of, hey, well, I, maybe I feel better when I have eggs and, a, you know, an eggs and a veggie or um and a veggie smoothie for breakfast, or if I have scrambled eggs with some spinach instead of cereal, like looking at it from how food is impacting our bodies, how it makes us feel. Does it give us energy? Does it make us want to take a nap? So it's, it's seeing those links between what we're eating and how we're feeling and then making those decisions from there instead of just sort of having this blanket statement of I'm eating clean and that's it because it leaves no room for errors. It leaves no room for um, you know, in the moment, wanting to make a different choice. So I, mm-hmm. I am not a huge fan of, of that term simply because to me it implies good and bad. Like clean eating, I'm doing good. Not clean eating, I'm eating bad foods. So it's mm-hmm. sort of taking the, the words out of it and substituting with nutritious or healthier or something that makes it sound not as like, I'm really doing really good. Or I'm doing really bad because then we just judge ourselves and hate ourselves for not mm-hmm. being able to do it. So I think language and how we talk to ourselves is such a big part of this because it, it helps to soften it and not make it so rigid and restrictive. Right. My mentor mentions that all the time. It's 
your words are very powerful, and people do. They obsess over everything that actually goes into their mouth. If um, I had a guest, because I'm a waitress, so I had a guest. She was like, I was telling her how I eat. So she started feeling guilty. She was like, well, I'm eating this BLT, and I'm not supposed to eat it. And I told her, wait a minute, hold up. Do not feel guilty because you're eating a BLT with onion rings and you're eating some onions too. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to make you feel bad because by the end of the day we have to eat. See that I think that's why I loved about decades ago. No one thought about that. They ate. We didn't think about gluten free or GMOs or ooh, does this have um, saturated fat? How many carbs? <laughs> How many How much sugar? Well, and, and it gets on. It does. It gets on my nerves because one of my coworkers she does it. Oh, it's got this sugar. And I'm looking like, you know what? I'm going to leave this world. And I'm not going to leave this world eating no crisp sandwiches and drinking water all day. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to drink. I love to eat what I think is appropriate for me. I'm not going to sit up here and die. Oh, well, I better not eat this peanut butter jelly sandwich. Oh, I don't I don't think that's going to count because I, no offense, but. I have seen some people who are healthier than I am who I think are healthy, and they still pass away. So it's like, you know what, you're either going to live or or you're not. Because obsessing over every little single detail, like you said, when we think about, oh, is that clean eating? Is that the right thing to do? do should I eat that pasta? Oh, my God. And and I have seen people obsess over it, and you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, I don't I don't want to get like that. <laughs> I might not eat that. <laughs> and it's people yeah, who live like that. It really is. It feels like decades ago, it was much simpler. People didn't obsess mm-hmm. over grams and ounces and refined sugars and this is better than that. And it's like, it makes us crazier, I think. It makes us more, think about it way it too does. much and get, you know, all in our heads about what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And it's letting a lot of that go and working to let that go right. and just being like, what, what do I want? What, what sounds good exactly. right now? And not beating ourselves up and not obsessing over it. Yeah, I totally agree. It was a different time, you know, yeah. like years and years ago. It was. <laughs> you ate. Hey, all I, all they thought about was I have to survive. If I don't go and kill this animal, I will not be eating. And I think <laughs> this is for anyone, Jen. I know you could probably agree. This is what uh, people who are struggling with diet or weight um, loss or anything of that sort, this is what leads to anorexia or, or bulimia because people obsess over this stuff for a lifetime, and that could be dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. So I just say don't beat yourself yourself up over eating. Eat. If you feel that you want to eat it, eat it. Don't feel guilty because that's what makes that that makes you go crazy. Don't don't do that to yourself. Anyone's out there who listens to the replay, don't beat yourself up. If you don't eat an apple, so what? If you don't eat a banana, so what? I say live to the fullest. Everybody's different. If you don't work out, so big. You don't work out. I don't think no one's gonna commit a crime or you're gonna go to jail because you don't work out. It's a lifestyle, and, and I get a lot of people about that. Oh, you work out, don't you? Each to their own. I love working out. That's me. That I feel. That's my stress reliever. That's the way I want to do. I chose that path for myself. I don't try to bring it to everybody else who don't want to do it. Uh, for instance, my husband and I were day and night. I work out, he doesn't. But I don't go beat him up. Oh, you need to work out. You're not doing this. You're not going to be this way. No, that's his lifestyle. I don't think it's not a proven gift on whether or not if who's going to live longer if you don't eat healthier, maybe cholesterol and diabetes, you know, that might play a part in it. So <laughs> you got to be careful on that. Don't go out and eat fried chicken or slip to McDonald's every day, you know. So you do want to be careful on that. But 
Jim, when it comes to body image, it, it really is hard because we're talking about our young ladies out here who are more focused on the media. We see we see people who have a certain image. So what should we be teaching our daughters about body image or our young men about body image? Because this plays a part on them too. Yeah, I think it's it's a, it's definitely a challenge these days with all the social media and everything that especially the younger generation faces because it is almost all pervasive and it's everywhere. So I really think taking the body and appreciating it for what it does instead of making it be almost like how it looks as a goal. So it's, it's interesting because I have nieces and nephews and I always comment on them about, you know, I love how friendly you are, or you're really good at math, or that's a great job reading, instead of being like, you look so cute, you look so pretty, you look great in that dress, because it's, like, we just tend to think, especially of women, as so appearance-based, like, you look great, your hair looks great, their outfit looks great, and seeing ourselves as more than just the physical appearance, looking at qualities, and starting with ourselves, really, can we see that in ourselves, can we look in the mirror and see not just what we see in the mirror, but see all of us all of our strengths, even our weaknesses, and love that part of ourselves. So for me, it, it can be helpful to, if you're not quite at that place yet, looking at your, at your body to see all that it does for you. So helping you walk, helping you type, helping you dance, helping you swim, helping you run, like digesting your food, circulating your blood, all of the things our body does without us even thinking about it. Like when you really, when you really get in that space, it's like, wow, our body is pretty amazing. No matter what its weight is, our body is pretty darn amazing. So it's, it's moving and shifting into helping you get to that space where you're not like the, in the critical hatred part, but you're more in the seeing the wonder of all the body does. And I think that can help really move us along towards that final goal of love and acceptance and really enjoying our bodies and seeing them. That's beautiful no matter what the size so true, Jen. Everything you said, I'm agreeing with you, and I'm hoping that we get this out. If it's added any value to your life, please make sure you share this with others. We're going to take a short commercial break. We're going to come back with Jen because we're not done. We want more questions answered. And do not be afraid. Do call in at 347-426-3751. You did it on Tuesday. You can do it today. We're always looking for um, questions and answers. But we're going to go and take a short commercial break. We'll be right back after this. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Blog, 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 Talk. Blog Talk Radio, baby. In the wake of a disaster, what one thing can you send that will help people the most? A blanket, a tent, a sandbag, a doctor. Actually, if you send a monetary donation, you send all these things. Even a small donation can make a big impact and can quickly become exactly what people affected by disaster need most. In the wake of a hurricane, your monetary donation can make a huge difference to those in need. To donate, visit supporthurricanerelief.org. That's supporthurricanerelief.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hey, everybody. This is Josh Groban. After so many years on the stage, one of my favorite things about music is its ability to inspire and nourish the soul. That's why I'm proud to work with Feeding America, an organization that inspires hope for families in need, and helps nourish the 16 million kids in this country struggling with hunger. Every year, billions of pounds of excess food go to waste, 
While one in five children may be left not knowing where their next meal is coming from, or if it's even coming at all. Thankfully, the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks collects surplus food and helps deliver it to kids in need across the country. But they can't do it alone. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Welcome back. I'm your host, Technicia, and I am discussing with Jen Han, who's a food coach and body image on things that we need to get down to the bottom of. It's okay to diet. We have discussed the body image that we need to be aware of. If clean eating is good for you, we're all discussing it all. So if you have any questions, please do call in at 347-426-3751. You can always get your answers. Your question's answered, I mean. Um, so, Jen, I know when it comes to carbs, really, that's a good question for most. Should you cut out carbs to actually lose weight? Oh, that's a good question. So he, here's the thing. So my short answer is no, and my long answer would be when you cut something out, it's the same thing as a diet. So let's say you cut out carbs for 30 days and you get to day 31 and you're like, okay, right. Now what? I'm going to go back to eating all the carbs that I used to eat or some of the carbs. And I've just seen time and time again that people who cut out carbs, they might lose weight, but then they gain it back because they, they start eating how they used to eat again. So for me, what can be helpful is looking at maybe shifting to more complex carbs. So don't, you know, remembering that a carbohydrate is essentially how it's digested in your body. So fruits, vegetables, they're still considered carbohydrates. It's just how it's digested in your body and that it's a quicker digesting form of energy as instead of a protein or a fat. So sort of reframing what a carb actually is, it's not just the bread, the pasta, the piece of cake, it's also fruits and vegetables and whole grains. So maybe shifting into, okay, how can I add more fruits and veggies? How can I add more complex carbs? How can I add more whole grains instead of eating, you know, white bread and white pasta and, you know, sugary sweets? So I think for me, that first step would be shifting from, well, looking at how you're eating right now, how many carbs you're eating, like what, what types of carbs you're eating, maybe not how many, what types, and then shifting into, okay, well, how can I introduce more nutritious stuff into my diet? Because again, for that long term, that's going to be a more sustainable way because it'll be more of a lifestyle. It'll be more of, you're not doing it for 30 days or two weeks. You're doing it because you want to do it. You want to be more nutritious. Right. I agree. And then you have, I'm sure it's, um, you have bad carbs and good carbs out there. You just have to, what you think, Jen, just basically do your research or should you talk to a nutritionist if you kind of don't understand about carbs? Yeah, I would say, um, I mean, if I think a lot of people innately know, right, the more proce- processed something is, so everything that's on, you know, the middle aisles at the supermarket, that you know, we've been taught that that's sort of sugary or bad, but, but looking at it just as, okay, here is how it's processed more. It's more refined. So if you have take a banana versus a piece of banana bread, it's like they're both carbohydrates, but the, but the banana digests more slowly because it has more 
of the natural sugar in it versus in your body versus the piece of banana bread, which digests much more quickly because the sugar instantly hits your bloodstream because it's more refined and more processed. So definitely looking at the spectrum of carbohydrates and saying, okay, these are more natural foods. These are, these are foods from the earth. And even thinking about it as foods from the earth can be helpful because those are a lot of nutritious in their whole forms, not diet, not processed, not refined versus things that you find in a bakery or things that you find packaged. Like those are the more refined processed types of foods that digest much more quickly in our body, giving us that sort of, you know, spike of the blood sugar and, and the, the result is more cravings and that kind of thing. So I think it can, in, can be helpful to sort of visualize like foods from the earth versus what's made by the bakery and innately, you know, foods that fall in between there too. But we all have this sort of innate knowing of, right, this, you know, fruits and vegetables and whole grains are really great for our bodies. Whereas the muffins and the cakes and the candies might want to be our sometimes foods. You know, we don't eat them every single day. Right. Now, most people, they rave about cleansing. We get confused on different cleansing. I have heard of the master cleanse. And I think that's lemon water with cayenne pepper, and that you don't do any food. And I have been with a company where you don't do food, but you have your snacks, your little bars that you can probably eat, but you wouldn't actually eat like a a meal meal because you're doing a cleanse. Um, what are some things that one should know and maybe ask themselves for before even doing a cleanse, Jan? So I think asking yourself what your intention is. So if our intention is to drop seven pounds in four days, that right. might not be a realistic version of, okay, this is going to be really successful for me for the long haul. If your intention is, hey, I just want to reset my palate, is there a really nourishing, healthy way to do that, then that's a great intention and exploring what option would work for you. So I think some of the more extreme versions of like the lemon water and the things that really restrict what you're eating, juice fasting, all that type of stuff, a lot of times people will end up binging or overeating after they go off it, which totally counteracts all of the benefits that just happened because it's so restrictive. So really asking yourself what your intention is and seeing what's happened in your past. You, you know, if every time you've gone on a juice fast or every time you started some sort of detox, you, by day two, you're just crazy and you're like, I can't take this. You know, maybe that's not for you. So looking at other options, maybe a, one where you eat more food instead of more liquid. So I think, again, like each of us is individual and has individual preferences, it's really knowing your own history of, I mean, I could not do a cleanse or a detox or anything. Like I am that type who by day two, even maybe day one at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, I cannot do this anymore. You know, give me, give me food, give me something to chew on as opposed to just drink. So, and that, that, um, that Hollywood diet, I think used to be popular, I don't know, years and years ago. And I remember my sister and I one summer thought it was a great idea. It was like lose 10 pounds in two days and you just drink this juice (laughs) the whole day. And, uh, you know, by like hour four or, or six, we were both just like, oh, hell no, we cannot do this. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> and, you know, ended right. up just eating and eating and eating. So it's just really looking at what you've done in the past to see, hey, is this going to be just another repeat of something I've tried and failed at? It, exactly. And I think it's the overlooked um, effect of basically – when we think of how women actually compete against each other, even males, 
males, they do the same. They Everybody want to compete with each other. Oh, I'm going to lose this amount of weight or something. This this media emphasizing image have really taken over a lot of people. Body image is a perception of really our own appearance, but it's sad to say that these magazines, television, like you said, are typically to blame. Everybody doing, and a lot of Photoshopping, too. Because I look at some pictures, I'll be like, really? Come on now. You know a woman don't actually <laughs> look like that. Can you show somebody realistic? And I even had um, one guy telling me, because I work out, oh, you already, you're 5'2". Because I told him I'm 138. He was like, oh, you're going to lose. You you might lose weight because of this. And I'm like, uh, I don't think I'm going to lose weight because I'm working out. I mean, I'm, I will gain probably healthy weight. So it's like, I don't know if I should listen to you or not because you don't even work out. So it's like, and, it, and as you said, Jen, earlier, it's an issue. And it's caring over a lot of our population, all these different ages. We even have older women doing it too. They're obsessed with it. Everybody I know, and it's so be- sad because it's like, no, when you when you get older, it's like you should be proud of your, your age and your experience you and your wisdom. And instead, it's like, nope, you can't age. You've got to look young. You've got to lose weight. You've got to be perfect. You know, have this, some sort of per- perfect body that's, you know, un, sort of like to be determined because there is no real perfect. So, yeah, it, it is sad that it's impacting not just younger are the younger generation because of so much social media, but also filtering into older, older people too. Exactly. And then you have all these beauty pageants and I look at those and I'm like, okay, I would probably like to see uh, actual, I think they did have a plus size woman um, before on one of the beauty pageants, but I would like to see more of them. I mean, women come in all different colors, shapes and sizes and, I think it's just so biased that they stick to a certain image. You have to be almost like a pencil to be on these shows. If you're if you're a model larger than maybe a size four or five, then it's like, oh, you're unattractive. And it's like, really? Yeah, and I think with with all that type of stuff, you're right. It, it, there's one type of woman essentially represented and yeah they've expanded a little bit but it's it we need more of that more women of all shapes of all sizes of all colors because it's we have this sort of distorted perception of what we're supposed to look like because it's not we're not represented but when you go out onto the beach when you go out on a summer day in a park and you see all different types and all different sizes it's like that's reality that's real life you know real life isn't what we're seeing in a filtered image on Instagram or what we're seeing on a billboard where it's retouched in Photoshop. It's like real life is being out in the world. And, and one thing that helped me with my own body image was really being aware and, and conscious of noticing other women's bodies and noticing that mm-hmm. because I had fixated on a certain type as this is what I wanted to achieve and really noticing like, oh, right, there are so many different sizes. And some people are heavier and some people are skinnier. And, like, there's this whole spectrum and really starting to see if I could appreciate the beauty and the just the differences in in body shapes because it started to, to sort of take out the conditioning I had of wafer thin, size two, perfect body, it was like, right, the perfect body is the body we have. And it's not supposed to be sculpted and whittled and shaped into this 
specific size. So I, it, that really helped me, like really getting out into the world and noticing other women's bodies and appreciating them and being like, right, there's so many sizes out there, and how amazing is that? It is beautiful, too. If you really look at it, how we are all correlated in some type of way, it's beautiful. We have beautiful women out here that are not displayed because of the way media partakes in all this. So one may ask, Jen, how can you actually have a good body image when society's view of your size is so negative? I I love, so when I was first, struggling and working on my own body image, I literally got rid of every magazine in my house because I used to subscribe to Cosmopolitan and Health and Fitness and even like the women's, I don't even know what it's called now, Women's Day or Women's whatever, uh, Women's Health, Women's Health, that's it. I mean, even that is is really, you know, you're only seeing one one type of person in there, one type of, of body. So getting rid of all of that stuff and surrounding myself, whether it was books, whether it was my social media feeds, of things that were positive, things that were supportive, things that were – because there's so many people out there who promote body positivity and health at every size. And to really surround ourselves by that and immerse ourselves in that while we're learning to love ourselves because you realize that not only are there other types of sizes and shapes out there, but there are also other women who are trying to love their bodies and who aren't just mm-hmm. on a diet to get smaller or trying to fix their bodies, but there are other people out there who really do – want to love themselves at the weight that they're at and not have to change to accept themselves. So I found it really refreshing to, to be surrounded in a community, whether that was online or in person, where you, where you were able to talk about it. Because I think so many women, especially, bond over being on a diet. Like in the workplace, it's like, you know, every January 1st, people are on diets. They talk about it. People bond over it. Mm-hmm. Who, what diet are you on? How much weight are you losing? And it right. becomes like, right, I need to find other people to talk with because I don't want to talk about diets anymore. Right. That is so true. That's how it goes on my job around January 1st. And I've been with my job five years. January 1st, everybody on new diet. Then after that, you don't hear nobody talking. <laughs> you don't hear nobody talking about it. You should check I'm in with all of them. I'm like, but, I thought you already did this diet. Like they be back and forth. You on diet and you off the diet. But <laughs> you, you know, but everybody. But you know what? I was just gonna say you can't you can't convince someone when they've got their mindset on this is what I'm doing. I I I used to try and convince everyone like no you shouldn't do that. And then I sort of realized. You know what? We all have our own lessons to learn, and if that's their lesson, you know, bless their soul and and continue on their merry way. So, trying to not right. like preach to people because I'm I used to be that person who was like, you shouldn't diet. You're just gonna go on and go off, and people would look at me like I had ten heads. So I stopped doing that. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Now, when it comes to that, because everybody wants this love your body thing, but sometimes it doesn't work for them, what what is it that they could do when they start getting that emotional feeling where my my love for my body is just not working for me? Yeah, so I like to think that we all have this critical voice in our head. So we all have that yeah. voice that picks out what's wrong, that's very negative, that just harps on, you know, the, the flaws in our bodies that we have to fix. And I really right. like to focus on catching that when it happens because it's, it's almost – you can you can view your body in two ways. Like you can look in the mirror and view your body as 
picking out everything that's wrong, thinking about all the things you hate, or you can close your eyes, take a deep breath, and switch the focus of, hey, I'm going to pick out the things I like. So recognizing when you're going down that path of, oh, there's that critical voice, let me stop, take a deep breath, and turn it around, and start to focus on what your body does or something that you like. And maybe at first it's just, I really like the color of my fingernails. I like my earrings. I like the way my hair styles. You know, having it be just anything that you like about yourself because that opens the door. The more we notice the things we like, the more things we find to like. So I, I like understanding that there's nothing wrong with us if we think that because we all have those thoughts. You know, we all have that critical voice in our head, but just recognizing it mm-hmm. and saying, oh, hey, there's that critical voice. And then shifting into, right, okay, how can I find one thing, two things, three things that I like about myself right now? Exactly. And I agree with you earlier when you said sometimes you got to draw, basically, in your sum it up, you got to draw the attention away from the body, especially when it comes to our children, as you mentioned, that we have to compliment them on something they do kind or brave instead of worrying about their physical appearance. Oh, you're pretty, you're beautiful. Because even my daughters, do, um, they do the same thing. Oh, mom, you think I'm pretty? And I'm like, oh, well, you're very kind, you're brave. I don't want you to look at that your beauty is supposed to be a, a thing. And I get that a lot on Facebook. Oh, you're beautiful. But I don't want to get caught up in that because I'm more than just a, a beautiful person such as you, Jane. You're very beautiful, but it's more than just my looks. I'm I'm smart. Hey, I'm good with math or something of that sort. It's a and and it's a brilliant way to just boost up that confidence. Even with our own children, we have to boost their confidence up because it's so much out here against them, so much peer pressure. That's why we have so many of them commit suicide. They get bullied a lot because we focus on that self image and it's it's so sad and now self image is not Bullying is just not where it's just words. We're going through cyberbullying. When I was going to school, you got bullied in school. After that, that was it. But now you got computers out here, all the social media, and it's like, oh, it's attacking left and right. And mm, it's out of control. Uh, I know. And I love that you that you shift your daughter's perspective because, it. I mean, it starts with us, right? It starts with our own circle and our own world of creating positive body image and shifting from that that focus on body because especially as a woman, I think, yeah, we want to be beautiful. We want to feel sexy and confident, but we also want to see ourselves as more than just striving for that. So it takes some effort, I think, to really look away from that focus on beauty and how we look to write what other things do I possess? What other qualities do I have that make me me? So I love that you, that you refocus your daughter's attention because it starts young. You got to start young. You got to start when they're they're little so they don't just fixate on, on how they look. Exactly. And I believe that as anything, self-esteem is like fitness. Some people going to be more fit than others. Some people have more self-esteem than others, but at the same time, we could work on to achieve these goals. And one thing I like to do, even with my daughters, I like to practice standing and speaking as confident as possible because just like any other skill, confidence is a matter of practice. If you don't have enough confidence, you're not going to be able to do it. If you don't have confidence stand up in front of your classmates to give this speech, you're not going to be able to do it. So you have to practice um, good things. I like to do for anyone out there is uh, Toastmasters. I haven't done it in, in years, 
but that's a great way to build up your confidence um, to make yourself a better version of you out because the outside world is totally different than the inside world. So those are some good things I like to build up on. Yeah, and I love that you're saying it's practice because it's so true. It's like we've we've it we've practiced ourselves into that negative place of critical thoughts and looking at what we don't like, and it's just practice to to switch it into looking for the positive. And yeah, it doesn't happen tomorrow. You know, you don't wake up and are like, right, I love everything about my body. It's deciding again and again and again until it becomes stronger and stronger and stronger, and then that's your default looking at the positive instead of immediately looking at the negative. That is so true, and we, we a lot of people, they do, Jen, they struggle to accept their new identity when their shape changes. So, you know, I, I like to go shopping, if you can. Find new clothes that makes you feel comfortable in, that makes you feel like you. You don't have to look like the next model. You don't have to look like a Victoria's Secret. You don't have to look like the guy off that cologne commercial. Do something that's going to make you feel brilliant because, to me, we're all, there's a superhero in all of us. And as being a parent, our main thing is to be our role model for our children. If they see you focused on your image all the time, then that's what they're going to be focused. For me, I don't stay in the mirror long. I don't wear makeup. And a lot of my coworkers be like, just a little bit. I'm like, no, nah, I don't, I don't prefer to wear makeup. I don't want my daughters to even think about makeup because to me, you get caught up in that. And then you be in the mirror for hours fixated on what bless y'all wear, y'all put a little eyeliner on here. I mean, cool. <laughs> I don't I don't like any woman that wants to do it, but more power, but I say natural beauty is the thing. You still adding all that that's and my mom, she stayed in the mirror and I used to be so amazed with her, like, wow, she's like the most beautiful flower of ever. I never even thought, hey, my mom's unattractive, but I used to be so amazed. But I'd be like, darn, she's still in the mirror because my mom had a Big case of makeup, and I think that's why I don't do it. Like, oh, this takes too long. My God. And then I watch these makeup tutorials now, Jen. It's like it, it nearly takes two to three hours to put on makeup. Oh, I don't want, I don't even want to wear it. The least you might see me put on is lip gloss. <laughs> yep, I am the same way. And you know what? We're spending that two to three hours focusing on positive body image and putting energy into our lives. And that's energy worth spending rather than fixing yourself. <laughs> That's right. So, Jen, before we even go off the air, let's talk about this site that you have. Um, it's it's really named after you, so it's very simple. You're the founder of com. What are some resources that people will actually find when they go here? So I have tons of free blogs tons of videos and I actually just started a podcast called the cake doesn't count podcast. And there I write about anything from letting go of dieting, learning how to love your body, letting go of emotional eating. So anything and everything related to food, weight and body image. And it's, I mean, there's just a ton of resources on there. I love writing. You can't stop me <laughs> and you can't stop me from talking about this either. Cause I love it. So that's why I started a podcast. Um, but yeah, tons of resources on there and um, lots of, lots of, I do workshops, free trainings, all that kind of stuff. Oh, awesome, Jen. Um, you don't, Jen, do you have any books that are already out that are focused on these things that we might buy? 
So I'm currently in the editing stages of a book, but it's not out yet. And it's, I swear it's the longest process I have ever been involved in. But yes. soon, and maybe next time I talk to you, the book will finally be out. But it's not out yet. Well, you know I can't wait till you actually have that out so we could discuss about that. I, I, that's what I love about this show. My guests go out, they write books, and I have them back on because de- most definitely I think that would be great to actually have that from a perspective, from a woman's perspective on self-image, controlling what you eat, the different carbs. Jen, I really enjoyed this, and I, I think that this was very informative for people to actually understand from your perspective. Um, now, one question I would like to ask, because we love to do, as you, we discussed on about healthy choices, what are some ways to make healthier food choices, because usually when you cook, it might taste disgusting. And and food, just because you eat healthy, it shouldn't be disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> right. If it's not satisfying, you're never going to stick with it. So one easy tip that I love is making more meals at home. So that's naturally much more nutritious. You can control portion sizes much more easily. So I make a huge effort to eat more meals at home, whether that's, you know, oh, and I'm all about sim- simplicity. So crock pot meals, one pan meals, anything you can kind of throw in a pot, um, that is hugely helpful because it might take a little bit of effort to plan it on the front end, but when you get home from work or when you've had a long day and you come home and there's something already in the oven or in the crock pot, it makes it a no-brainer to eat much more healthy. So that is a big one. And then a lot of times adding vegetables. So where can you just add more vegetables? Can you add them to your eggs? Can you put tomatoes and cucumbers on a sandwich? Can you have a side salad with dinner? Can you steam some broccoli and add a sprinkle of Parmesan cheese with your dinner? Like having just adding vegetables where you can. And and it's easier than you think because you can just get them in little ways. If If you're just adding a couple carrots with your salad or with your sandwich, you know, on the side, it's like, okay, you can get your your vegetables without making it such a big production. I have to eat, you know, seven servings and they have to be all steamed. It's like, right, just throw them in where you can. And it already adds so much more nutrition to your day. Those are some great tips, Jen. Definitely. Um, Like I said, I appreciate you for being here. I think this really opened our eyes on new things we could do to control our eating behavior ways to build up your self-esteem when it comes to body image. So if you're fixated on that, don't give, don't give up because it's all baby steps. It takes baby steps. You can't go out there and say, oh, I'm a vegan by tomorrow. No, take your time. Make sure you choose what's best for you if you're going to do it because everything works different for everybody. You First and foremost, you got to have self-love, and that's the biggest thing. If you don't have self-love, it's going to be very difficult. So work on yourself first before you do anything. But I think the truth of the day for my friend Mary Ellen Signovich is perfect for the end of this show. Take full control of your destiny. Demonstrate your commitment to self through being decisive and determined. To be unsure of the future is a natural feeling. Know you can always change your mind if your decision proves to be ineffective. Move forward and never Stay paralyzed in one spot. Evolve on your journey through life as you respond to life's crossroads and life's misperceptions. Today, get back on track. Enjoy the day, everyone, and I appreciate you for all tuning in. Thank you for listening. I'll see you the next time on The Bright Side with Technisha, and God bless.
Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. 